think of a better topic for, a, for a, a weekend like we've had, for a time in our life like we've had, than Eliza's topic this morning, which leads us to discuss peace in chaos and who we are and how we use these tools and what we're up to. And it's perfect. And there's, there is such, for me, such confidence building in that, and I hope you feel it as well. Someone said to me after the first service, thank you for reminding me that the holy is always working, even on what we think is in the future. There is always something coming exactly when we need it at exactly the right moment to move us through. And this morning, we are blessed to have it be you. So very grateful. Eliza has been a unity minister for, as I said, nearly 20 years now. Uh, she, she and her beloved Rob reside in Mesa. We just found out that we were down there at the same time. We're pretty darn close. We had no idea. Um, she is the founder of an alternative ministry called Center for Awakening. And she has uh, authored two really amazing books, which I know she'll tell you about, but I'm just going to show them to you. They will be in the back after service as she will to talk to you more about what's in these pages and why it's important to you. Um, I would love a nice, round, warm, unity welcome for Reverend Eliza Bloom Robinson. Did you hear our electricity? The mics go, <laughs> Well, good morning. It's great to see you all. I was actually here one time. I don't know when. Lawrence was still here, so that dates us a long time ago. Probably, yeah, probably 15 years ago or something like that when I was still serving on the regional board, which you are now president of, which I was formerly president of. We have all kinds of, yeah, all kinds of things, interesting things. One of the really cool things that happened this morning, and I don't think you even heard this, and I know you didn't hear this, a couple came out and they said, are you the Eliza that came out of Unity of Mesa like 20 years ago? We were part of your launch team. Oh. I'm like, I am, how cool is that? So they're like, we saw you in the beginning and now we see you now, how cool is that? So it's always fun to visit places and, um, I'm really blessed today, too, because not only my husband is here, but my sister and her husband are also here in the room. I'm not going to point them out just because, you know, that's kind of rude, but I already did that anyway, right? <laughs> but I'm really glad to be here today. So it's a, uh, it's a, oh, it's a crazy world we live in. It's a crazy world we live in. It's so nuts out there. And, you know, we wake up and we see these things on the news. We, Rob and I were talking yesterday. It's like, oh, my God. What? Ha, wait, what? Wait, what? Wait, what? And then I got on the news this morning, and I'm like, no way. And we're staying in the uh, campground. We're uh, RV travelers this, this, this round, and so we're in the RV campground. And Rob was out showering, and he came back into the trailer. And I said, there was a shooting last night. He goes, no, 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 that was yesterday. I said, no, there was another one. He said, that can't be. Did you all feel that too? Like this cannot even be. And yet it is. And I'm here to really call us up. Uh, Ariana kind of really is doing that anyway. I think every day, probably every day, based on what I know of you now, like in your ministry, we are, we are not, we don't come
here to just like get a shot in the arm and feel a little better and then go on about our lives. We are here, at least most of you in the room, to do something different. We have the tools. We know the tools. But they don't do us any good if we leave them in the sanctuary. Right? They don't do us every good, any good if we leave them in our head. We have to embody them. We have to embrace them. We have to become that which we are teaching. And we have to do it now because the world is getting crazier and crazier and crazier. And if not now, when? So a foundational question. I, I, I heard this question about 20 or 21 years ago when I was in seminary, and it has stuck with me all these years. So I'm going to ask it to you, and I want you to hear it, but I want you also to, like, hear it. You know what I mean? So, would it be all right with you if life got easier? Now, I'm going to ask it again. And I want you, in your answer, to allow that ease to just show up. So, and I didn't hear unanimous. So, you know, those of you who are you're really good with your struggle and your chaos, that's fine. You don't have to fall into ease. But if you want to, let's just try it. So would it be all right with you if life got easier? <sighs> okay, now together, right? <sighs> Falling into ease is the title of my book that came out about three years ago. Based on that idea, would it be all right with you if life got easier? Because it can. The subtitle of this book is Release Your Struggle and create a life you love. Release your struggle and create a life you love. But the thing is, if you believe that the world is all there is, then in order to fall into ease, you want the world to be different, right? Like when that gets better or when that happens or when that stops happening or when that, all of it out here. But that's backwards. We have it all backwards. Because the truth is, the moment that we can remember who we are, that we can fall into ease internally in our spirit body, then everything on the outer can begin to change. And as soon as you learn and practice falling into ease, and it's a gentle fall, it's not a crash and burn. It's a gentle falling into ease. But once you learn how to do that, what happens is then you begin to find peace in the chaos. My second book that came out a year ago and that we've been on sort of a national tour with this past year is called Paradox of Awakening. And it talks about the different paradoxes as you are awakening to the truth of who you are. And one of those is how do you find peace in chaos? And again, I'll repeat it. You cannot wait for the world to be peace. I didn't actually repeat what I just said, but I kind of said it again in a different way, right? We wait for things out here so that to be different so we can feel better. But that's backwards. So we need to learn, we need to discover, we need to experience, we need to embody these spiritual principles in such a way that we become the peace and the ease 
and the love and the light and the joy as an embodiment. And then from that place of center, we take action. So in my early years, I came into New Thought when I was very young. Uh, my daughter is now 34, and I was in New Thought before she was born, uh, a year or two, a couple years before that anyway. And um, for many, many years, I've practiced what I now call love and light and joy and peace. And I knew it. I knew it to be true. It was my purpose statement. It was my mission statement. I was 100% all about it. Together, love and light and joy and peace. Right? Love and light and joy and peace. And everything's fine. And how's everything? It's like, everything's fine. How are you impacted? I'm not impacted. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. But that's like, doesn't work. It doesn't work. What we're called to now is the embodiment to take it out of a thought construct, to take it out of a, a, a like an airy-fairy kind of, uh, you know, out here that's not real. It's like our divinity out here. But yet what we have to do now, what we're being called to do now, is take that in divinity and bring it down through our humanity. And through, when we embody it through our humanity, when we find that intersection of our divinity and our humanity, then we can be love. It has a very different feel. We can be light, but it's an empowered light, not a woo-woo light. We can be, we discover from the depths of our being, we discover that joy. And in that place of embodiment, we discover that peace, the peace that passes understanding. The peace that is within you no matter what is going on in the world. Now, that's not to say that we deny our humanity because it's not about denying our humanity. It's not about saying, I'm not impacted by those shooters. I don't know anybody that got hurt, so I'm not impacted. It's not that. It's about opening our hearts, expanding in the embodiment of these spiritual principles we practice every single week. It's about embodying them in such a way that we hold the space for all of it. And when we hold the space for all of it, things change. Things change internally. Things change external, perhaps. But embodying the truth of who we are, as we awaken to that, it's not like life doesn't keep happening because life keeps happening. It's getting faster and crazier. So there were two Zen monks, illustration story, and they were in a particular order and they had some very strict rules. And there was an elder and a novice and they were out um, visiting the villages. So they were out walking. And one of their rules, very strict rules, was that they couldn't talk to a woman. And uh, since they couldn't talk to them, they absolutely couldn't touch a woman. It was very clear in their rules. And they were on their way from village to village, and they came across a stream. And at the side of the stream was a young woman who was weeping. She was crying and she was in despair and she couldn't get across the river, the creek, because it had risen and it was running too fast and she was trying to get home to her uh, young toddler and she didn't know what she was going to do. So the elder 
monk went to her and had a word with her, exchanged a word, and then he picked her up and he carried her across the river. And he set her down on the bank. The novice monk followed along and then they kept walking. The elder monk was completely at peace. The novice monk started what I call loopy mind. You ever had a loopy mind where it loops? Oh my, oh my, I can't believe he did that. He, he talked to a woman. I can't, that is so wrong. He's going to get in trouble. And oh my gosh, and then he touched her and he actually picked her up and he carried her. And that is so wrong. And what's going to happen? And I'm, who am I going to tell? And no, 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 An hour walks by. Walk, an hour walks by. An hour goes by. Another hour goes by. Two hours, three hours go by. And he's fussing, fussing, fussing. He is now so tied up in knots, he can hardly breathe. So he finally says to this elder monk, he goes, I, I have got to say something to you. The elder monk turns around, sure, what? What's on your mind? He goes, blah, 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 you judged that woman, and you carried that woman, and you judged that woman, and you know that's not in the rules, and you can't do that, and how, no, 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 no. You fill in your blanks, right? And the elder monk said, well, you, well, you're right. I did talk to her. I did touch her. I did pick her up. I carried her up across the stream, I helped her, and I put her down on the other side of the bank. Why are you still carrying her? A little close to home, isn't it? <laughs> With some of our loopy minds and some of our loopy thoughts. But we are, we, we get caught in that, right? We get caught in our loopy mind, we get caught in our reactions, we get caught in our habituated patterns of thoughts. But we really live in two worlds. Uh, there's actually many dimensions, but, but we have our humanity, right? We are human beings, we're born, we have a beginning and an end. We have a start date called our birth and we have an end date somewhere in the hopefully very far unknown future. And that's our humanity. If we can picture our humanity as a horizontal uh, line, and we have our divinity, so basic principles, right? There's only one presence, one power. We call it God, and we are part of God. We are divine. So our divinity runs vertical. Our divinity is our infinite self. And in that crossover point, in that intersection, we find a portal. We find the sweet spot. We find the kingdom of heaven, we find our divine self, our Christ self, if you will. We find the quantum field. We find the infinite possibility. And we find the moment of creation and manifestation. But what happens is we live in our stress. And we live in our stress because it's habituated, that's on our horizontal line. But chemically, biochemically, this is not even psychology, although psychology is important. It's physics, it's biochemistry, it's neurology. The scientists have proven this, what we've always known spiritually. But when we are living in our stress, our bodies break down. We're in habituated patterns that keep us contracted. But when we can land in our divinity, when we can land in that sweet spot, when we can fall into ease or find peace in the chaos, it actually literally 
physically changes our biochemistry in an instant. It only takes an instant, and then it takes continual practice. Let me say that again. It only takes an instant, and then it takes continual practice. But with the practice of finding peace and chaos, we actually change our neurology. We, change, we can change our DNA by releasing the stress chemicals, the chemical cocktails of stress, and inducing, actually freeing our energy out of survival emotions, freeing our energy, we actually free our life force, which gives us access to all that is, which then begins to bring into coherence and harmony, and what's the opposite of disease? Health, healing, wholeness. It brings all of that into being. So this idea of finding peace and chaos is so vitally important. And when you do it, and as you do it as a practice, a daily practice, a commitment, then things begin to change. Your body can begin to heal. Your mind can break the addictions of the loopy thoughts, to break the addictions to I'm unworthy or I'm not good enough or someday later when, right? All those thoughts that get us nowhere because it actually frees your energy being, your spirit, soul, mind, heart, body into the present moment where God is, where spirit is. We know that we are one with all that is. And when we find that place, everything changes. So how do you do it? That's the question, right? That's why we're all here. <laughs> That's why we're dying to the way. So how do you do it? Here's how you do it. You notice what you notice, and you interrupt the pattern. You become very 100% committed to noticing what you're thinking about, what you're feeling about, and who you're being, and what you're doing. When you notice what you notice, then you have the capacity to change it. So quick quote out of the, the first book, you do not have 100% control over the things that happen in our lives. And you do have 100% control over how you respond to it. But only once you take that control back, because when you are on the line of humanity and you are operating in the subconscious, which is 95% of our conscious is subconscious or unconscious, then you are in a reactive mode. And in your reactions, you don't have much control over even what you think and what you say, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. But when you notice what you notice and you drop into center and you fall into ease and you find peace and chaos no matter what's going on. It is the simplest practice you can ever do, and it's the most difficult. The simple practice is to interrupt the pattern and fall into ease. The simple practice is to find peace no matter what's going on in your being and in your body. And it's the most difficult thing to do when you're in reaction and when you're in response to the things of life. Myrtle Kilmer, our co-founder, says you have to lift your eyes. You have to raise your consciousness. You have to look up to the Christ consciousness. Not, it's not God outside of us, but it's lifting our awareness from our tunnel vision of what's wrong into a new possibility of our divinity. When we're in that sweet spot, 
We have access to a different pers perspective. We have access to different possibilities, to different synchronicities, to more ways of being that love and that oneness that we are. So you notice what's going on, not only in the world, but really within you. And you interrupt the patterns that don't serve you, the patterns that are causing you to contract. And you open to the possibilities of expansion. So in those two realms, you can, when you are in your divinity, you are love and light and joy and peace. And when you are in your humanity, now this is you know broad and loose, so roll with me here. That's where you're in your anger or your fear or your worry or your concern. And even being in your divinity doesn't mean we don't have heartbreak. We have heartbreak. This life is tough. This life gives us lots of opportunities to choose love and to choose peace. But the thing is, you can't do both at the same time. You can trust God or you can worry. You can be in love or you can be in anger. But love and anger operate, exist on two separate fields. Love and oneness cannot coexist with fear or anger in the same plane. And love and oneness are always present. Different page, same topic. For those of us who are awakening, and I love how you just kind of call this out. If you're not doing the work, why are you here, right? I mean, I love that. Like, ooh, you good girl. <laughs> For those of us who are awakening, and that means because you're in the room, that's you. For those of us who are awakening, we are being called to take a stand for the greater awareness of love and joy and peace. We are here to make a difference in the mess, not by condoning or condemning it, but by discovering our truest selves and standing in the light, bringing our brilliance to the table and from the cacophony of the mess, create, discover, reveal a brand new way of being. It's sort of like creating a beautiful mosaic from a pile of broken glass. So when you see that pile of broken glass and you can stand in it and you can hold the space, for all of it, and you can let your heart be broken wide open and not shut down, right? Because what we want to do is we see it and we want to shut down and we want to make it go, we want to make it stop. But what we are called to do is to stand in the middle of it and go, and I still choose love. And I still choose to walk into that Walmart. And I still choose peace, no matter what it looks like, no matter what. And one quick way you can do that one quick way you can do that is to know that you are either always either contracting or expanding. You're either contracting or you're expanding. And so for quick practice, let's contract. Wait, what? It's for a purpose. Contract, contract. Grip your hands, tighten your neck, lift your shoulders to your ears. Uh, this is how we go through life. We go, uh, uh, uh. this is hard. I don't like those shootings. I'm not really mad about that. No, right? That, 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 that. That's how we live. 
so you contract, you notice you're contracted. Oh, I notice I'm contracted. Interrupt, interrupt the pattern and choose again. So here's the choice. Contract, contract, notice, no, come on, come on, come on. Notice that you're contracted. And then when you choose again, drop it. Don't hit your neighbor. Because then you'll be more contracted. Contract, drop it. And one more time, contract and drop it. Now feel how that caused expansion. Feel how it feels in your body to be moving into expansion. Open your palms on purpose. Open the space between your shoulders and your ears on purpose. Open your chest. Open your belly. Open your eyes. And look up. How can I, in this moment, choose peace? How can I, what is mine to do in this moment? In love, in joy, in compassion, in kindness. But only from that place, because the expanded place puts you in alignment with divinity. It causes you to land in that place of peace. And when you do that once, things begin to change. And when you do it again and again and again, bracelet, you begin to change your neurology. You begin to build neural pathways for peace, for love, for light. You begin to change the chemicals in your body that keep you stressed, that keep you in dis-ease. And when you do that, your being becomes a very presence that is God. You become the very presence that is peace. And so Ariana gave you a, 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 a string, a thread, a bracelet, a magic potion. This is magic. We're going to activate this as a magic reminder. You're wearing it. Hopefully, all of you will be wearing it for months to come, right? And when you notice that you are contracting, and that can be about judgment or guilt or shame or blame or reacting to anything we see on the news or reacting to climate or politicians or government or family or local or anything. Every time you notice you're contracting, notice what you notice, put your hand on that magic string and go, wait, I'm here to remember. I'm here to remember. So right now in this moment, we activate this string as your memory marker. And we activate this with, when you touch it, you remember that you are divine and you are part of oneness and it is your job to be the awakened one. It is your job to remember to fall into ease, to find peace in the midst of chaos. And when you do that, you will be that ripple effect for the world. We are the ones. We are the ones. I know you're the ones because you're sitting here today. We are the ones we've been waiting for. We are the ones that are be call, being called to do this work, to find peace and chaos. I have all kinds of tips and tools and techniques about landing into peace. That one I gave you is one. Practice it. The band is two. Practice it. Make it a part of your practice and remember, remember to find peace in the midst of chaos before you take action.
to find peace in your heart, in your mind, in your soul. And the more often that you do that, the easier you'll be able to navigate life and the bigger ripple you'll be for your family, your town, your ministry, your country, our country, our world. We are called to be the ones. We are called to fall into ease and to find peace in chaos no matter what. And I love how you said, if you're with me, if you are committed to finding peace no matter what, and that doesn't mean judge yourself when you forget. It doesn't mean judge yourself when you fall on, on into humanity and you have grief and you have struggle and you have that. It's not judging, it's finding peace anyway and finding peace anyway and finding peace everywhere. If you're committed to finding peace in chaos, give me a yes. Yes. And as a collective, individually and collectively, we are the ones. We are the ones that choose peace in the midst of chaos. We are the ones that choose love in the face of whatever life gives us. We are the ones that choose spirit in all things. Together, we choose peace. And so it is. Amen. <laughs>